Welcome to the On Shuffle Podcast. Coming at you now. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the On Shuffle Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm here with my co-host, Matthew. Yep. Uh, what's up, dude? Uh, not much. Been a good weekend. Kind of tried taking it easy. We had a tropical storm, but uh, thankfully it wasn't too bad. And uh, other than that, it's been a pretty good weekend. Yeah, man. Same here. I uh, I am not a napper. I don't know how you are. Um, I am not a napper. We're usually on the go. I've got a busy family, busy life. Um, but today, I think I'm napped yesterday and today. I know today. Um, my daughter wanted to go play some basketball and stuff. Anyways, I said, Hey, let me kick back on the couch for a minute. Um, if I close my eyes, wake me up in 30 minutes. Uh, that ended up being two hours. And, uh, one of those naps where you wake up feeling like shit, it's just like, just feeling horrible, you know? Uh, and that's kind of what happened, but feel good now. That's been a few hours ago. So I feel good now. Um, and, uh, looking forward to a good episode, but other than that, everything's going good for me. Um, so life is good, dude. We had some homework. What was our homework? Uh, yeah. So we, um, I'd listened to the, well, I think she's technically she's R and B, but the R and B artist SZA. Um, so it's S Z A for those that don't know. Um, for most of you like me that don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit, a little bit about her. So she was uh, born 1989. Um, her birth name is Solana Rowe. Um, from born in St. Louis, Missouri, raised in New Jersey. Um, let me see. She, she she's been active since 2011 until now. I know she kind of broke through recently because, uh, well, at least for me, I know. Um, I think the song that I think she got a lot, you know, a lot of uh, pop for is uh, "Kill Bill" most recently. But uh, she was on a song with uh, Doja Cat a couple of years ago that, that uh, I actually ended up knowing uh, after the fact. But um, but a fun fact, she and this is probably a given for those that don't know, um, one of her big influences is, um, uh, well, she says Billie Holiday and Wu-Tang Clan. Hmm. And she obviously got her nickname, or I guess a stage name, from RZA of Wu-Tang. Yeah, okay. You know, because he got he's RZA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, which is you know, I think uh, once you know how to pronounce it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so so think about, uh, and I don't want to get off too far here, but uh, Wu Tang Clan is uh, they're a they're a group uh, from mainly from the '90s who are very much uh, underrated, in my opinion. Um, just a great rap group, and uh, and and you know, I think uh, I. They've got like cult followings, you know, they're one of those kinds. And of course, they're, they're, they were a big name. So I don't want to act like they're some underground or anything. They're a big name, yeah, but they they have huge, like, uh, they have very loyal following. Um, but they're really neat. Um, one thing I always liked about them is they had that album that uh, Martin Shrecky or whatever his right. name bought. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the, well, I don't know if it's the One Night in Tokyo or something. But it's like, isn't it gold or something? Yeah, it's something special about it. Yeah, there's, it's never been released. Uh, yeah, 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 it's only one. yeah, nobody's ever heard it, uh, except for the owners, of course. And, uh, you know, it might be the great, and, and that's chances are, I feel like if it was very good, 
like if they were very proud of it, I personally feel like we would have heard it. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, there is that yeah, mystique that, hey, this might be the greatest album of all time. And we don't know because it's a very great group. Um, so but anyways, if you don't know, Google that one. That was a fun story. Um, dude, yeah, cool. what did you did you know her beforehand? Well, I heard a kill Bill. beside the kill bill. Well, I heard kill bill because that was like all over social media. But then I did know uh, Kiss Me More. That's the song she did with Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. It was also a social media song a couple of years ago. But so I didn't know a couple of her songs. Uh, but of course, not no, not a whole lot of her catalog. Just but she was an artist I kind of wanted to dig into eventually. Um, just because the stuff I heard was you know pretty good. You know, and uh, upon listening today, she uh, was really as impressive as she, her, her. You know. Uh, even though technically, I guess she's considered R and B. She has like a lot of different like genres, kind of like she can kind of dabble into. Yeah. Whereas like some of the more like, of course, rap based stuff, modern rap. But then there's like some of her stuff is you can tell like she is influenced by Wu Tang because some of her more rap heavy songs are '90s sounding. Mm-hmm. You know, this not doesn't have that um, that modern production kind of sound. Yeah. Um, but then there's what song was it? She's she does a song or one of her songs is um no one nobody gets me. Mm. And it's almost a country song uh cuz it's it's cuz it's uh it's kind of stripped down, it's more acoustic and you know not really a whole lot of electronic type of production or like beats or anything. It's all pretty like I said, it's all pretty uh like I said, like almost acoustic, almost. Mm. Like, you know, it's very acoustic. It's almost like it's country almost, which is probably one of the, you know, the songs I didn't know I liked probably the most because it was just kind of, you know, out of the blue. I, you know, I also didn't really expect it. Yeah. But uh, I, I ended up enjoying it. Like I said, it's um, something like I know she's kind of similar to a uh, Doja Cat, where you know she sings and does a little rapping, and she's. We got famous recently, mm-hmm. but something that, uh, you know, I, I did, I did, I did enjoy listening, uh, at the end of the day. Um, and something that, you know, I may explore again, maybe a little bit more, you know, you know, on my own, maybe not for the pod, but, uh, but yeah, I saw, I ended, I ended up liking it. What about, uh, what about you? Well, so one thing I, I thought was fascinating about her, uh, that I wanted to mention tonight is she, uh, I didn't know who she was going in. I had no idea. Uh, so the first time I've heard her name was last week and Matthew, um, was saying this is her homework. Um, and then not knowing her, I was thinking, well, this is some smaller, uh, act that's just hitting the scene. Yeah. Well, six years ago, I think it was when her, is it control her studio, her first album, yeah, debut first album. Yeah. Um, that album, let me see if, let me get it straight. Uh, that album has been placed on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time list in 2020. I saw that. Um, so her debut album, um, you know, is on the Rolling Stones list of 500. Think about all the artists and all the albums. And um, this is, uh, to me, I, that kind of blew me away. I was like, oh, shit. I, I, that shows me what I'm up against because I'm sitting here thinking of some small act. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely not. Um, yeah, I like what you said about the, the cross-genre type deal. Um, she's very talented. I uh, yeah. got a very good voice. Um but I like how she uses it in different ways. Like it's not just R and B or, um, you know, like she kind of, because a lot of times R and B singers got beautiful voices and, um, and I guess like she didn't put it in a box. She's kind of using it. Uh, and like you said, yeah, that one song that's kind of, um, over. yeah. And I ain't even heard that one. I've got to go check that out. I don't think I have, 
but mm -hmm. um but no uh and then she's featured with a lot of people i was noticing that yeah. um yeah so i thought that was pretty cool um and she's attractive so uh I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's uh, that's that is always uh, that's always fascinating to me, though. Uh, and I know I say that every week we, we bring up a new one, but it's true. I mean, you got talent, beauty, um, and uh, I just like the way she uses it across the board, different genres. I can't get over that. I, I listened to probably about seven or eight songs, and I try. Usually, I'll go down the list, and I didn't this time. I kind of made it random. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think which song it was that uh, kind of stuck out to me. Let's see. I think it was. Was it the weekend? Maybe the weekend. Uh, the weekend or Broken Clocks. It's on that first album. Mm. But um, but yeah, man. I, I shoot. I will. I will finally say. I hadn't said this in a while, but I'll finally say this <laughs> might be one that I revisit. Um, oh, yeah, that is something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. definitely. Because again, I, this isn't my lane a lot of time. Now, I I like '90s R&B huge. I mean, that was one of my um, I guess main eras of music. So. Um, but I, you know, I found this pretty good, man. And, and it kind of does, some of it reminds me of that nineties uh, R and B. Yeah. So, uh, so kudos to SZA. Is that right? SZA. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. If you don't know it, check it out, man. You might like it. So, um, there you have it, dude. Uh, and again, I, I, one day, you know what, for homework, I want to go ahead and say it now. I want to get ahead of this. I want to do some, um, Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. So, okay. Uh, you heard that live. I know it's not the end of the show. Just I'm going to give you guys an idea while it's on my mind because I forget. Dude, you came up with a good idea for an episode. Uh, what is it and why? Yeah, so uh, came came today. Um, like I said, we, uh, well, going through social media and uh, Megadeth was uh, touting. I guess today is the day. It's their 30th three-year anniversary of rust in peace yep so we decided to uh, make this a megadeth episode like we done with i know chris cornell yep. and someone else but i can't remember now but um might have done elvis because of the elvis movie mm -hmm. maybe but uh but yeah so kind of a episode dedicated to megadeth so kind of our you know i guess a little bit of history of megadeth and then our history with them and kind of some of our favorite songs you um, said 33 years right Yep, so it came out in 1990. Wow. Um, so uh, Real fast, when you said 33 years, my mind, I guess this is just when you know you're getting older, I, my mind said, man, that had to be 1984, 1986, somewhere in there. And then when you say 90, it doesn't even seem right, you know? Well, I knew, I, I, well, with Rest in Peace, I figured, well, because I always, and let me make sure this is the case. Okay, so Countdown to Extinction came after. I always figured Rust in Peace came out in late 80s because mm -hmm. I always kind of, kind of thought Countdown to Extinction came out in like 1990. But, yeah. uh, but it was all close, I guess. But uh, but yeah, so again, dedicated to Megadeth. I know it's kind of one of our favorites. Um, so maybe touch on a little bit of history first. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so again, uh, Dan Mustaine most famously uh, was fired from Metallica. Um, in 1983 he's oh, not worried about it since april yeah <laughs> april 1983 um, he was fired and on the way home i want to say because I, I did read his biography a few years ago when i came out um he was on the way because you know he, he was fired he was sent home on the bus to pretty much go cross country because they were at, at the time metallica had kind of moved at least at that time they moved temporarily to like uh, new jersey or you know the 
I think the record label they were signed to was based out of there. So uh, when they fired Dave Mustaine, they sent him pretty much cross country in a bus back home, you know, back to California. And, and he saw, look, I want to say, he, oh, I, this could be wrong, but he said in the, I want to say a times, you know, the times magazine cover, it was one talking about um, a nuclear war and it's, and it was, and it said something along the lines of mega death, like D E A T H. Um, and he called, he called inspiration kind of for, you know, for obviously his band, that he was going to go. And, uh, and he, I think he said that he's going to, his goal was to go out and pretty much make, you know, blow Metallica out of the water. Um, you know, cause he, um, because obviously you alluded to, to alluded to it briefly, but uh, he uh, took <laughs> took offense to that. Been stuck, pretty much stuck on it ever since. Most famously, and uh, some kind of monster. If you uh, seen that documentary, that was really that one's actually pretty good. Uh, with Hanukkah documentary, yeah, he was upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so again, he went back home. I think he um, for a short period of time he was kind of you know trying to, you know, doing his own thing, but then he joined, uh, well, he became friends with David Elvison, yep. uh, former Megadeth and kind of, uh, the rest is history. One of know. the most underrated, uh, like n- not household name musicians that should be in my eyes. Definitely. Uh, kind of, well, cause you know, Megadeth is obviously big, sure. you know, as a, you know, you know, they obviously have, I mean, they're one of the top four metal thrash bands of, of the history. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big four, I should say. Yeah, big four. Um, so they are big, but you're definitely kind of right. Where I think pretty much only people in like some like the rock and metal community know, like, or have any sort of mm-hmm. opinion of Megadeth, really. Sure. Um, which is kind of weird when like it's like a band or something you're you're a fan of all of a sudden are like in a commercial mm-hmm. because like a few years ago, and it's not not even on YouTube. I don't think. I think there may be like a somebody screen recorded it. But it was an Apple Apple commercial, and they were promoting some sort of product, obviously. Yeah. And uh, they had what was the name of that song? Early Megadeth song. Um, I'm about to find it. It's an early Megadeth song off, I want to say off their first album. Um, that anyway, that uh, they used it in the commercial, and I was like, "Whoa, this is this is wild." Yeah. It's, you know, because actually, well. All those early thrash bands, their first album or two were were rough. Like they were, you know, were kind of hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, Last Rites because that that song starts with a piano intro and he comes in screaming. Uh, but yeah, their, their first album, along with Metallica, Slayers, Anthrax, is rough to listen to. Mm-hmm. As far as like you know, it's really raw and scratchy sounding. Yeah. Uh, but uh but yes yeah, so, but yeah but with a band like them well especially you know dave mustaine uh um i think you kind of yeah definitely underrated as far as uh famous musical figures go i would i would say no doubt no doubt one of the most respected guys in the business i want to start here um and i want to get into the elves and stuff and and uh and get into a lot but one thing that sticks out in my mind about megadeth I'm going to name, uh, and just in case anybody out there is new to Megadeth or maybe it's not a big follower, um, I want to name you the albums. Uh, and I think that's one thing me and Matthew's had fun about before. Maybe not going through them, but just talk. We've, we've kind of scratched the surface on like the name of the albums. They're very political. Um, oh, yeah. But 
you know, and, and of course I can put that behind me. I know most people can listen to music. We, you know, but, uh, here's the names 1985 killing is my business and business is good. Yep. Uh, 86 peace sales, but who's buying, which is one of the best to me. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. 1988. So far, so good. So what? Uh, 1990, of course, as Matthew mentioned, you got Rust in Peace. Uh, 92, one of my favorites, Countdown to Extinction. Um, 1994, you got Euthanasia. 1997, Cryptic Writings. 99, you've got Risk. And then here's where I think it really gets good. 2001, The World Needs a Hero. 2004, The System Has Failed. 2007, United Abominations. 2009, Endgame. 2011, 13, 2013, Super Collider, 2016, Dystopia, and then you got the one that came out last year in 2022, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Yes, pretty much like like you mentioned, a lot of politics there, yeah. a lot of uh, political uh, opinions, and he's, uh, I think the only one that wasn't political was 13, and that was more... Uh, what was it? I want to say it's more based about it was a 13th album. It was yeah. like all these 13 specific things. Uh, yeah. But um, what's your favorite? Not not album. We'll get to that. What's like your favorite name, type? Yeah. Like name. Um, well, I I mean, even though like I, I would say, well, just to probably say my favorite album is probably kind of down to extension. Yeah. Top to bottom. Uh, name wise, it's not. I mean, it, you know, this is not my favorite name. Uh, I may like um, probably euthanasia because it's just kind of uh, yeah so kind of like uh, brash I guess yeah um, which I guess euthanasia is what uh, I don't want to I guess uh, it's about uh, killing I guess mm-hmm. yeah like, when uh, you like put someone down artificially or yeah something or, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's you know especially on the political spectrum and mm-hmm. you know you listen to any of their songs they are you know, uh, very political in that way. And, uh, so but you know, the way he sings, uh, like the voice and everything, like I went many years without knowing they're political just because like, uh, Dave Mustaine's not the clearest voice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's a very raspy and he's a rock singer, of course. So like, again, we're not, it's not sizzle. We're not talking about R and B where words are clear. Uh, you know, so I went many years without knowing that. Well, I think so. So I guess maybe this maybe we can trans, kind of slide into our, our kind of history with them as far as sure. Uh, so I think for me, the first song I might have heard was um, Jesus. It was uh, damn. It's off kind of to extension. Symphony of Destruction. Yep, I heard that probably on video games. I want to say it was something on TV too. Uh-huh. So that was probably the first song I heard by them. Um, and then, um, I want to say I was actually, I was into Metallica first and then I was reading about, Oh, this is other band. That's like, you know, very close to Metallica. They have all this history and stuff. Right. Then, uh, um, so this might've been, I don't know, um, probably from 2010 till now. So it's probably 12 or 13, maybe. Mm Um, then I, uh, so I said, okay, well, who's this Megadeth? And soon they became my favorite of the two. Yes. Uh, because, uh, I don't know, it's like more complex sounding, like, uh, um, more aggression. Like I said, you know, I know 
I think, uh, kind of like Geta Lee, where like Dave Mustaine's voice is kind of a, you know, uh, one of those things that you kind of have to either you like it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really grow on you. Like for me, I've always liked it. It's always been one of those things I've always hooked into it. Yeah. Um, um, but then I know some people obviously is very much not, uh, you know, they don't like Megadeth because of that reason. Sure. I'm singing. Right. But uh, I, just, I like, you know, again, I like it kind of like a where I like you know, Pantera, you know, Phil and Selmo, a lot of emotion and uh, kind of just took it from there where they kind of like I said became my favorite of, of, you know, the heavier thrash fans. Right. Um, I know like another song. I know I was introduced to uh, Peace Cells on, I want to say a rock band. Um, or Guitar Hero, one of the two. And, you know, it's everything that you would like Megadeth for. I did, you know, the, the guitars, the riffs, the solos. And then obviously, um, you know, kind of uh, being a fan, I think, I, I, really, I don't know, I got into uh, Endgame when it came out because um, I had, I was in high school. And mm-hmm. I had a, like an open period. It's like a college class I was working in online and I would just play Endgame. Yeah, over and over again because uh, I really liked uh, probably one of their last, I would say last like really good albums. I would say on honestly, and that was hell. I was almost thir- 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, but again, like they kind of became like so my favorite of all those thrash and heavier bands, and like I said, I've just you know really enjoyed them ever since. Yeah. So I, I think the uh, I probably found Metallica a little before um, the, the Black Album, um, but not very. It, it was somewhere around the same time frame. My introduction to Megadeth, um, I was in high school, and I'd ride to I'd I'd ride to school with a, a, a family member, a friend, um, cousin. But um, we would uh, he would he would have Metallica. Um, and uh bumping and actually funny you mentioned it was the uh, countdown to extinction album um which is again such a great album you know you got uh and I'll, let me list the four singles from that album you got sympathy of destruction foreclosure of a dream which is a great great uh song to me uh sweating bullets and skin of my teeth um and of course uh i was hooked ever since then uh you know we've talked about on here before like songs from bands that aren't on albums uh maybe on soundtracks and there's one from that album and i I don't know if this is common knowledge but they had a japanese version of this album uh released and go to hell was on that um as like a bonus well Funny thing about "Go to Hell," which is a great uh, Megadeth song, that was off Bill and Ted's. I know where you're going. Yep, yep. Uh, and and I don't, you know, Bill and Ted's bogus adventure. bogus adventure. Uh, and I don't think we talk about. Uh, I, I think me and you might have mentioned songs like that before. Well, I, I think I mentioned. I know we did a uh, music video, yeah, podcast once once upon a time. We could probably revisit. Yeah, and uh, I liked "Go to Hell's" music video because it was obviously very cheesy, but that this really cool effect where Dave Mustaine's like head was underwater looking mm-hmm. at the camera but his mouth was like sticking through the water singing yeah and his you could, the way his hair almost like was moving in slow motion while he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was just like a weird effect I right really know. so but yeah go, go to hell is uh that's a great song yeah and i think just to just to clear it up um i know we got yours i, I want to say my favorite album to name is probably peace sales but who's buying um yeah, I, I, that one's is tough not to like. You know, you you kind of brought up a good point. Um, for me, uh, and we're talking about again. I said countdown to extinction is probably my favorite one, 
But my favorite, like, uh, I, I really, I was, I went head over heels on uh, Megadeth again. I started liking them in high school, um, and it definitely wasn't the world needs a hero. Um, I'd like them for their older stuff again, Countdown Extinction mainly, but through this three-year stretch, uh, and this was after high school for me, uh, the system has failed. United Abominations. Uh, to me, those were really good uh, two albums. I, I'm a yeah. huge fan of, and I know that uh, probably uh, diehards. Well, I shouldn't say diehard because I'm a big Metall- uh, Megadeth fan. Excuse me, that showed you. <laughs> no, I'm a big Megadeth fan, but I know that it's not as common uh, to like some of the 21st century stuff. But yeah. uh, those two albums are really good to me. I've always loved. Uh, I think I had uh, the system has failed. Uh, I probably owned that album two or three times, mm-hmm. and we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about that. Uh, I want to call it the dark ages where uh, we, we got past the downloading and then we had to start buying again for a bit before everything was like controlled. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that album came out in like 2004 cause I was about 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I've owned that one a couple of times. That's a really good one to me. Uh, and it's one of those albums where uh, if I put it on now and I hadn't heard it in a while, I know the next track I can go ahead and start my brain goes ahead and tells me the next track as soon as this one goes off, that kind of deal. We all know what I'm talking about there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really good stuff, man. I know I want to get into this. Um, we're talking about Ellison and, and he is, uh, he's one of the big songwriters, you know, like for, for Megadeth. Well, behind David Stane. Right. Know. Of course. Um, but, uh, and if you don't know, um, 2001 or 2021, 2020, uh, he left, he's kind of had a tumultuous, yeah. uh, relationship where I think, uh, and you can, you can fact check me at home. I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say it was like, uh, somewhere in the early two thousands, he left the band. Um, and this was about the time where I think Mustaine had the uh, injury. He hurt his arm or something and they, uh, kind of took a hiatus. Um, but he came back in like 2000, he came back about seven or eight years later. But, but during that time, like there was some lawsuits or something against the band and this Mustaine, especially El- between Elvison and him. And I don't know a whole lot about that. Maybe you do, yeah. but, um, uh, and then of course he, he gets back with them. And then just a handful of years ago, they let him go. Um, and I have always had feelings about that because um, what had happened, I'll just be blunt with you guys. Uh, there was some videos uploaded on Twitter uh, where he was basically was masturbating. And, and, you know, and it got, and if you look at the surface, and this is one thing I hate about our world today is, we're, you know, we're scared to address things. It, it got thrown into like a child grooming thing and, and stuff like that. Well, and, and I, and, and I don't know him. And, and if it's, and if it was bad stuff, then I hope that, you know, just to serve whatever. But the way I always took it is he was having a, a, a consensual relationship with someone of age, of course. And uh, it was just unfortunate things got uh, in the wrong hands and got leaked. Uh, and, of course, Megadeth, uh, you know, they're one of the main rock bands of all time. They had to do take actions uh, because, of course, these things look bad and and uh, and come with negative impact. So uh, they had to do what they had to do. And um, but again, I just always thought that was unfortunate uh, because, uh, you know, he's such a big part of them. And uh, and he always seemed like a good guy. I know everybody listening is not a Christian. But uh, if you don't know Mustaine and Ellison, I know those two are Christians. They're believers yeah. in God. Um, and that's one thing I've always appreciated about th- those guys that, and probably, excuse me, in the 
fandom even more is the fact that they are. Because a lot of times uh, people think that you can't mix your rock and roll and your Christianity. And of course, I just, you know, it, it, it tends to be rock and roll tends to be like a not a satanic thing, but uh, they use a lot of satanic condonations or you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, I, well, I, may, I should mention that something about Maydeath or Fate Mustaine more particular uh, that makes him uh, their history is more um, uh, peculiar, I would say, is that, and this is in his book, he's talked about it. Um, Dave Mustaine used to mess with uh, black magic. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, he said, and he was on Rogan, so he didn't go into too much detail, but he had, he had, like cursed people and like things happened to them. Yeah. And he obviously has some regret on some of the stuff like that. But anyway, he, uh, so he did mess with black magic and then obviously I think somewhere along the way he got saved. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. So, oh yeah, no doubt. That's, uh, that's, um, so, so one thing I want to do here, uh, next and, uh, and you've, and Matthew's hit on some of these, but, um, some of these he's not. And I want to, I'm going to uh, list some things about them that you might or might not know. And, uh, and I'll give you time to respond on it and obviously give you people at home. If you've not heard this stuff, uh, some cool facts about him. So I'm excited to do this. I've got it together. Uh, let's roll with it, daddy. All right, before getting these facts, Matthew, you said, uh, what was it about? Do a little fact check in your little house cleaning. Uh, you know, you, you said, the, what was the Elson thing that you just said? So, yes. All fair. So, um, well, I mentioned that. Um, so, he Elson left the band in 2002. Mm-hmm. He rejoined the band in 2010 on okay. Endgame. Uh, well, not on the album, but touring that album. He sure. came back on it. But in, in July 2004, um, Ellison sued Mustaine for like royalties and money, right. money stuff. Um, but, uh, so yeah, he sued the group. I guess they made amends, you know, and they came back together. And then May of 21 is when those videos of Ellison online were released. Got it. Okay. So there you go. Um, all right. First fact. And again, we've mentioned some of these, but I'm just going to, I'm going to list what we have as well. Uh, before forming Megadeth, Dave Mustaine, as Matthew mentioned, main, uh, man of the band, uh, was a member of Metallica. He was removed from the band for over drinking. That's what it says here. Uh, yeah, and that's funny because Metallica's nickname was Alcoholica for a while. Yeah, because uh, they were notorious drinkers and kind of like uh, kind of like Pink Floyd, where I think what's his name, um, Sid Barrett, was mm-hmm. fired from the group for being like just messed up all the time. Yeah, but that group is also like stereotypically like. I I guess considered messed up all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just a little funny. You yeah, know? you got to be a beast to be. Uh... <laughs> yeah, like you're you're in this group that's known for drinking. Yes. you drink the most. Yeah. Uh, number two, and uh, I did not know this, and uh, if this is wrong, correct me. And if you knew it, uh, also correct me. It is said that Dave Mustaine was in fact a co-founder of Metallica. Um, well, because as the story goes, he was definitely like the. Um, well, because first it was, uh, I'll say Lars put out an ad. Um, I'll say uh, James Hetfield answered it. Um, then they put out another ad for uh, Dan Mustaine. Of course, he answered it. And then um, I want to say someone knew Cliff Burton. I want to say one of, one of them knew him yeah. already. But uh, so I think, yeah, if I want to say co-founders, yeah, he's definitely okay. you know, up there, I guess. 
Um, okay, so uh, next one. Due to Mustaine's suffering nerve damage in his arm, Megadeth disbanded in 2002, which you just mentioned. But after his the recovery, the band reunited in 2004 and have released several albums to date. So again, you just mentioned that one. We knew that. Um, while many might think Dave Mustaine as atheist, he actually is a born-again Christian and feels a personal relationship with God and Christ, but doesn't believe in religion as social construct. Now, I don't think that's crazy at all, and I won't get into all that, but um, but again, that just goes back to what we said about him being a Christian. Yeah. Um, so, and again, and their music reflects that, so that's, yeah. you know, if you pay attention, that's not new. Yeah. Just, um, in spite of being nominated for 14 Grammy Awards, Megadeth only won one. In 2017, the band was awarded as Best Metal Performance for their song, Dystopia. Um and if you've not seen that, that's a video actually uh, where they accepted. Do you remember that? The Grammy? Uh, yeah. That's a really cool moment, especially if you're like Megadeth at all. Um, it, it's pretty humbling because the thing about an award like that is it's it's not on TV. Like, uh, you know, there's so many awards at those shows and, uh, yeah. and you know, not everything makes. The, so it's basically like before the curtain jerks, uh, they have um, categories like that. And uh, but again, Dave was there, and uh, and I think it was the band there. Or was just Dave. Um, uh, oh, I think it was the group. Yeah, I think so. So, anyways, they they're there to set that, and it was just it was really cool because you could tell it must have meant something to them. I mean, this group's been together for at that point well over thirty years, uh, yeah. and um, you know they they were able to to finally get one. So, um, okay. Besides thrash metal music, Mustaine happens to be a wine lover. And yep. owns his line of wines called Mustaine Vineyards. Did you know that? Yep. I did not know that. I don't think. Yeah. So, so he has a. He's a very vocal on social media about it. Okay. So I follow. I think I follow him. Yeah, I don't follow him. I guess I need to do that. I did not know that. Over the years, uh, over the years, there Megadeth had several lineup changes, but only the consistent member has been Mustaine. I knew that. Um, yep. Of course. Um, and that's just music. I mean, that happens a lot, uh, which, you know, most of the time there's always, uh, you know, more than maybe another one or so. But again, um, one thing I will say on the positive side of that, uh, he's done a great job of keeping the main thing, the main thing as far as their style, uh, even with the lineup changes. Uh, but I guess, you know, when you establish something, it's very easy for people to come in and, and uh, kind of, you know. Yeah. And like I said, that's something that, I mean, you know, Dave, Dave Mustaine is Megadeth. Megadeth is Dave Mustaine. Yep. And, you know, as long as he's in the group, the, the band's going to probably sound, you know, that, you know, like Megadeth. I yeah. Sure. No, that's, that's no doubt. The idea for the title Rust in Peace was inspired by a car bumper sticker that read, May all your warheads rust in peace. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, the last one on this list, uh, and I do want to get to some more in a minute. Um, a riot between Catholic and Protestant audience was in, evoked by Megadeth's song, This One's for the Cause. Uh, the controversial lyrics were uh, misinterpreted, leaving the band in a complicated situation. I don't think I know that. Yeah, I didn't ever heard of that either. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I did not know that. Um, uh, that that's, uh, let's see. What, da, 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 da. Um, Oh, you know, I, I, while I'm looking this up, I, I'll, and I'll turn it over to you for a minute for any Megadeth stuff you want to talk about. Um, 
there's an early cover of, uh, and you've probably heard of this, Matthew. I'm sure you have. Uh, that's always kind of blowing my mind. Megadeth does a, a, a Nancy Sinatra's uh, These Boots. Uh, have you ever heard that? Yep, I have. It's, uh, well, it's, uh, it's wild because it's uh, very um, brash. Yeah. Because it's, they play more upbeat. This is an early Megadeth too, so it's, you know, they're record. They're you know, just production in general is rough around the edges in general. And right, uh, yeah. So it's maybe an acquired taste. Well, one thing I was looking for um, because uh, there's a thing where um, uh, trying to find it. Uh, there's something to do. What I wanted to mention. There's something about their uh, mascot, and I think everybody knows the. Um, yeah. Vic Rattlehead. Yes, Vic Rattlehead. Yeah, Vic Rattlehead. Is that it? Yep. Yeah, there's something about that that, um, but uh, and I can't. And anyways, maybe you can Google that's homework for you guys at home. Uh, I will say this: this is one one of the last ones I have. Uh, they're the first band to ever have an official website. I want to say I remember hearing that because they uh, and he was talking about because he I think I mentioned a second ago he was on a podcast with Rogan and he talked about how they were uh, really ahead of the technology. Uh, as far as the te- technological wave of then like other musicians and then were um so they were one of the first to doing that website and then they were doing e- nfts and all that sort of stuff right um let's see uh oh here's one peace sales but who's buying wasn't the original title of the album dave wanted to call it second coming of christ but the record label nixed it did not know that yeah that would have uh, honestly, I like that name as far as just like in the metal name in general. Yeah, especially because that was when he was, uh, you know, on the wrong path. And uh, I don't know, I do like that name, but Peace Sales is you know, a, you know, classic, kind of like you know, one you know, really gives you an idea of like the band as far as their political, but also very snarky and all you know against the system and all of that. So you know, that's just a classic album name. Um. So a couple of two more, uh, I, and I don't, man, this is hard for me to believe. I want to do more fact checking on this, but I'm just going to say what it says. It says Alice Cooper's Dave's Godfather. Have you, uh, is there anything to that? Do you know? Um, maybe, but I don't know. I, I, I don't, okay. uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Carrie King from Slayer yep. played with Megadeth in the early days. Dave wanted Carrie to stay in the band and not return to Slayer. Yep. Yeah, he talked about that in his book. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I didn't know that. Yep, yep. He was. In the, I think he did like a handful of shows, and yeah, he elected to go back to Slayer because there, you know, Slayer was a, obviously a thing by that time. So, uh, but yeah, that would uh, that would have been an interesting uh, chain of events if he he wouldn't have stayed in the band if he would have joined officially. I just don't think you know. Uh, Kerry King, as far as in any interview you've ever seen, Kerry King is very, very much like a leader, one yeah. of the leaders of Slayer. Right. And uh, you and Dave would have not have got along, I don't think, long term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, this is my last one, I promise. Uh, and this is a this is a fan. This is a Reddit thing. Uh, but uh, and of course, you know, you can fact check it early in his career. Mustaine showed the song Rust in Peace. Uh and in quotes says like he had written pretty much literally all of it at this point to some dudes in a band called child saint 
They completely stole the song from him and slowed it down and named it Child Saint. Not joking, if you listen to it, it is an almost exact note-for-note match. If I recall correctly, they also charged him like 10000 for copyright or whatever because they released it before him, like two or three years earlier, I think. Uh, and then it just goes on to say the source was about an hour-long interview uh, that he did with Alex Jones, and I watched I watched on YouTube. I'm too lazy to find the link, but you'll be able to find the video. Uh, and it says, edit wasn't the entire Rust in Peace song, but definitely much more than a few notes. How about that? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, because I haven't heard that either. Because I've only ever heard "Rest in Peace." Yeah, that's that's pretty neat, man. I did not um, know that. So, so, uh, so again, yeah, because with Megadeth, I think, like I said, uh, I'll, I'll probably say what they mean to me. That's maybe my favorite songs. Uh, sure. So, like, yes, I think for me, what I like most about them is probably just well, like, well, for me, I guess the early, a lot of the early stuff was a you know digression. Just you know, they're really fast. Dave Mustaine was pissed off and mm-hmm. still is. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, he's still pissed. <laughs> yeah, he's still upset about something. But uh, but yeah, like the the music really inter- intricate is more intricate than like Metallica was mm-hmm. or or is ever really. But uh, music more intricate. Just you know, they were faster, more aggressive, and um, Dave was kind of a well, still is a character, but. Back in the day, he was a wild man a little bit. Right, it, right. Um. So yeah, um, it's small interruption, but uh, but yeah. So again, yeah, I think just the you know the you know Davis character um, still is, but definitely uh, more aggressive and just more um, pissed off back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you know, I like this. You know, as far as the political stuff, you know, they're always one of the ones that. I guess when a group gets more political, like I don't like that. Especially if they weren't like, like for instance, Bon Jovi back in the eighties was not anything but political. Yeah. But then they released, I want to say the circle was one of the albums we released uh-huh. um, in the two thousands. And it was just more political talk about, you know, the government and the world and stuff. And it's just like, we don't want, you know, we don't like your music for this kind of thing. Yeah. But like Megadeth as you know, has always been, that you know political always as we talked about the the name of the albums even for instance were well a lot of you know a lot of them are political so i just like uh megadeth for that and uh of course dave mustaine him coming around being a christian this you know that's all you know cherry on top you know not the main thing why i listen to music but um but you know and i like that they are still going you know even if um, honestly, I, I did like their last album more than the last couple because mm-hmm. I think after Endgame is when they kind of lost me as far as their albums are concerned, as far as what I like and don't like. Yeah. Because um, after Endgame, it was 13, Super Collider, Dystopia, and most recent, The Sick, The Dying, The Dead. And I don't really like a lot of anything off of 13 and Super Collider, honestly. I don't really, you know, either one of those I don't like, honestly. Right. But, uh, but yeah, like, you know, everything else in their catalog was pretty much, you know, just bangers. You know, like I said I really enjoy even like stuff off of Risk, which is I think their their, their other big uh, commercial letdown because mm-hmm. of just different this different side of Megadeth that I guess people didn't like. Um, but uh, to end it with a, kind of a quick top five, and again these are. I say top five, but just top five by name. They're not yeah. really a top five because they're just sure. I mean. I, you know, a lot of their catalog is just my favorite stuff. So, like, uh, for instance, it's just a shout out. 
a five or six. Like uh, Skin of My Teeth is, you know, one of my favorites. Um, Dread and the Fugitive Mind is another one I really enjoy. Um, Rest in Peace, Polaris, you know, is another one. Um, and let me see. I, you know, I did enjoy um, horse-like stuff off of, sorry, I'm getting the album pulled up. United Abominations, mm-hmm. Sleepwalker, Washington is next, Never Walk Alone, which is very much a Christian song. And you mentioned the system has failed. Uh, I really like Black Metal of the Universe because, um, again, it's one of the songs that starts with a mock, uh, like a breaking news type telecast mm-hmm. of like this uh, presidential yeah. plane was shot down in the Middle East. And it was talking about, you know, obviously kind of playing on that. So it's just like really like a slap in the face or like a stab with a knife, I would say, if you want to say it that way. So uh, a lot of good made songs out there, especially almost anything off of other than 13, the Super Collider, I would say. Everything else, you you know, if you like hard rock or metal in any form, you would probably like some of their stuff. Yeah, okay, I'm going to give you a few that uh, the the ones that are lesser than that I always loved. Everybody knows the, the, some of the bigger ones. Uh, we all love those, but um, I'll start with United Abominations. Uh, Gears of War, What I, I, I just love that song. I used to, uh, I used to, I think it was... Was I in college? I think I, I, um, I think my last year of college, I had that as my uh, walkout song when I was pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, Gears of War, really good. Uh, and there's a version off that uh, album of to- uh, Tudor Lamont um, uh, yeah. that uh, has a chick singing with him. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, on thirteen, I like the song thirteen. I thought I think that's a good one. Um, the system has failed. One of my favorite uh megadeth albums a personal just like a, it's just a personal favorite to me um you've got which as you mentioned black metal the universe really good one i like the scorpion um i like uh, kick the chair and uh i like a bunch of them but one that i really really like is of mice and men uh, a great megadeth song um and then not uh these last two are again they're probably not so um Small, uh, more people know them, but uh, I just say it because they're still not the big few. It's foreclosure of a dream and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, sweating bullets, which I guess that's a little bit bigger one. But anyways, um, there are so many good Megadeth songs. Um, yeah, you know, and it's just a testament to to who they are. Um, I think uh, they're the type of band where we've had them for forty years, and um, and I promise you, we'll we'll have a couple more Megadeth albums at the very least in yeah, the future. Definitely. Uh, because you know, there's still a lot of a lot to write about. Uh, no doubt, know. and they're still they're they're like they're one of those weird uh, situations where they've been around for a hundred years, but they're not that old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, the oldest members are probably Dave Mustaine and James Lomenzo. Yeah. But uh, the other guys are younger guys. They're you know they're you know they definitely still have uh, some uh, some records to put out. Yeah. So um, so we'll we'll be getting more. Um, so I enjoyed that, man. That was a lot of fun talking about them. Yeah, definitely. Like, so one of our favorites it was nice to be listening to them again because even though they are probably my top five or six, um, they're you know, we don't you know, you just don't listen to your favorites all the time, but yeah. it's nice to revisit them. And uh, yeah, you take them for granted sometimes. Uh, I not that we do, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just they're always going to be there, you know, yeah. you might not listen to them every day, but it's like, hey, I know I will at some point. Yeah, and you, you go back and you find a new song, like for me, because mm-hmm. I went back to them as far as like, re listening to them uh, earlier this year. And uh, I thought I knew it all, it was one that came up that was off of Euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just again another good song just they're littered throughout their catalog um so again yeah but it was fun to listen to them again heck yeah dude before we get any uh, recommendations i want to say uh real fast have you seen this taylor swift stuff with travis kelsey Yes, uh, yes, I did. She's, she actually went to, went to the game. <laughs> yep, she went to the game today. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Travis Kelsey, if you don't know, um, you know, and he's a football player, one of the better, more I would say, the more recognizable football players on the planet today. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a multi-time Super Bowl champion now. Um, just one, an all-time great tight end uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he is dating Taylor Swift apparently, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I heard this, and it could be. Hopefully my information's right. Um, he show he shot his shot by uh, making her a bracelet at her, one of her concerts recently, and on the bracelet he had his phone number on it or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, you know, good Lord knows uh, you guys, a lot of you longtime listeners know how I feel about uh, T Swift, but uh, but anyways, I joke. I, I think that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool little story. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I wish them nothing but the best. Yep. Uh, if not, we'll have a song about it. I guess eventually. Yep. If, yeah, um, we'll, and it'll be. Uh, and it's funny because it will not be uh, nonchalantly done. It'll be the, yeah. the song title will be um, Travis like, Kelsey. Yeah, Travis sucks. Kelsey sucks. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did hear that news, and that's you know it's always interesting when stuff like that happens. Yeah, no doubt, dude. But, you, you got any recommendations this uh, week? Yes, yeah, so quite a few. Okay. Uh, one. Um, is a young pop artist I really enjoy. Tone and Gray is a song off of one of I think it's one of the, one of his more recent albums. Anyway, a song's called "Yours." It's a piano ballad. He's you know he slays in it. He's very good. Um, I um, listened to a playlist that Spotify made, and there's one, a song I really enjoy. It's a it has so several people on it, but it's Boy Genius, which is a group. Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers. The song's called "Not Strong Enough." Hmm. It kind of is a definitely kind of '90s and '80s sounding. It's kind of reminds me of The Cure and a song like uh, "Kiss Me," you know, from like Sixpence, hmm. Not the Richer, kind of like acoustic, but it's still like a slight rock side to it. And so, so I did, you know. So again, that's a good recommendation. A couple more. Well, uh, Blink One Eight Two released two songs. One is a ballad called One More Time. It's about uh, pretty much their kind of their history as far as like, almost like a way of saying, why did it take these bad things happening to us for us to get back together again? Yeah. Uh, so again, it's One More Time. The others, More Than You Know, More Upbeat. It's probably one of my favorite songs from them, probably in a while. Uh, it's really good. Um, and to finish it off, I dipped my toe in the Lana Del Rey water Ayo. so uh because i saw a social media post about old people reacting to her mm. and they're like really they really liked her music so okay well i would have to maybe check it out um because she definitely is one of those artists that has like an aura around her you know as far as like to the rabid fan base you know if you say anything about lana del rey or any post that you see about her comments are littered with lana del rey fans um, so she did, she definitely kind of has like an aura around her as far as her music. It's kind of like music stuck in like a different period of time. It's very cinematic mm-hmm. and it sounds, uh, like fifties and sixties kind of, but a few, I like, well, again, just kind of getting into her three songs. I want to shout out, uh, video games, which is, 
which is a ballad. It's a, I guess it's kind of a love song. It's really good. Young and Beautiful, another love song. It's very nice. And Happiness is a Butterfly. Probably one of my favorites. Um, it's really good. So uh, you check out Lana Del Rey if, you're, uh, if you haven't. Nice, dude. Good ones. Um, and I'll do that. Uh, okay, so I got a couple for you. One is this band I find hilarious, uh, and they're actually pretty pretty talented. Um, and I think I, I think you and I maybe have talked about them before. And if we haven't, I can't wait to uh, introduce you to them. The group's called Starman. Uh, Starman, excuse me. Um, uh, you, you may have told me about them. I'll maybe. have to show you a picture, uh, and you'll laugh. But they are uh, they had an album come out uh, in the last week or two. Um, Check it out. I think so far I've listened to a little bit. It was pretty good. I think I mentioned her last week. Pelican Rock has a new album, Faces, or new mm-hmm. song, Faces. Um, I'm still trying to get into that one. Um, they've put out three songs now. That's probably the least of the three. It is the least of the three, but still not bad. Uh, there's a group called Rocket Love with two T's in a rocket who uh, I don't know who they are, but they just popped up on my new releases Friday, and I've been going through it a little bit, and it's not bad. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, Rival Sons has a new song out. Um, I think it's called, uh, Mercy. Um, and, uh, and it's actually pretty good. It kind of falls in line. Like they go through the thing about them is they kind of go through their, uh, styles. I don't want to say so. So like they're still riding the wave of this past album. Uh, and it's a lot, it sounds a lot similar to that. Um, uh, and then the last two are two old schools, but uh, for whatever reason, an, an old Bush song popped in my head the other day called Swallowed. It was a big song in the 90s, and it's been uh, I've played it a few times this week. And then, oddly enough, the last one is a 21-year-old song uh, on the Get Rich or Die Trying 50 Cent album called Wankster. Um, <laughs> so uh, just a song that I liked uh, when I was younger, and it popped up the other day and hadn't heard it a year. So it's one of those things where it's nostalgic, and I've listened to it a few times this week. Um, but nonetheless, dude, that's all I got. This has been a lot of fun as always. Um, and I want to, yeah, I know we, we did the homework. It was Wu-Tang. Sure. But I did want to mention, um, uh, you know, mm, mm. um, so yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, kind of inspired by another musical podcast is a switched on pop, but I think it'd be kind of maybe speak about it more broadly where, um, to pre- maybe to preface this and we can, you know, disapprove it or what have you. But, um, uh, so and I mentioned Doja Cat earlier talk, when I was talking about SZA. Um, she is leaned into the, her, her, her aesthetic and some of the songs. She released three singles off of her new album that's coming out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she leaned in a little bit more satanic stuff like imagery and, like she has a song called Demons and like the music video for Paint the Town Red, which is a big song. You mm. probably everybody's heard it on social media now. Um, it's a song that goes, she's a devil. Um, so anyway, she leaned into that more, you know, more, you know, devil imagery. So it's more controversial. Sure. That's, they're bleeping out the word devil in that song, which mm. is weird. Yeah, uh, weird. On the radio. But uh, so I figured maybe opening up the, the discussion maybe for like a topic of conversation about um and plus kind of kind of plays into the season this fall is uh next week i think it'll be almost one week closer to halloween yeah. so uh as a fact yep so uh so maybe we'll talk about maybe um maybe more satanic imagery and music as Sorry. far as being controversial or you know the the bands that use it as 
just a way of source of getting attention. Sure. Like kind of like her. Sure. She's obviously not satanic. Right. But then there's like like black metal, like Swedish people. Yeah. Like, oh, I say Swedish, Scandinavian. <laughs> uh, or like they've actually burnt down churches yeah, because yeah, of this yeah. stuff. Right. And like someone like King Diamond um, yep. from Diamond Head is a Satanist. Like he's, that's his, he, you know, self-proclaimed Satanist. So um, that'll be fun. So I think it'd be kind of interesting conversation talking about maybe the history and our general opinion of that sort of stuff. Well, as uh, you heard it here live, we've got a topic for next week and we've got homework, a little um, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Yep. So, uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. Show's planned out. Uh, appreciate you guys listening as always. And until next time, love you guys. Peace. See ya.